Welcome to the very first episode of our TCI. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that you are all well and keeping safe during this pandemic. I don't take this lightly. You could have chosen to be doing anything else or listening to anyone else, but you have decided to take some time to listen to me today, and that is truly an honor. Thank you for opening your homes, minds, and hearts to me today. I hope that there is something in the show for every single one of you. I value your time and your thoughts, so hope to keep this episode for less than an hour. I don't have all of the answers, and I will not sit here and pretend to. But what I do have is a burning desire to see my people win. You, I want to see you win. I must say, however, that I am not an expert in the stimulus package or on coronavirus, so will not be pretending to be able to give you some special advice that I am not qualified to give. Please continue to follow health authority guidelines. And what I will say, though, is we must look out for each other over the coming weeks and months. It does not seem likely that we will see tourism return to the normal levels we have seen in prior years for at least 12 months, if global expert advice is correct, as scientists continue to race to try and fight against coronavirus. I will be donating some of my personal income to food relief efforts in the Turks and Caicos Islands over the coming weeks. We are really going to have to lean in and help one another. And I, and I encourage any of you that are in a position to do so to please help however you can. I believe that we will get through this. We are a resilient nation. And I'm going to mention today's topic. It is, so you want a revolution. Just before I get into that, though, I want to give you some background on me, who I am, and why I'm doing this, and what the purpose is of this show. The format I am intending to follow is a Facebook Live video on a Thursday, and the podcast released on the weekend on a Saturday following the show. And this podcast will be available on all major podcasting platforms. Let's get into it. Who am I? Some of you may know me, and some of you may not. My name is Bernicia Cox. I am the daughter of Bishop Brian Cox and Pastor Charmaine Cox, and a daughter of Turks and Caicos Islands, a lover of all things Turks and Caicos. A few years ago, I met a former premier, and he asked us, uh, this is while I was a student um, in London, he asked us, who, 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 who are you? And, and we said who we were. <laughs> and then he said, okay, so who ma is your pa? Um, and for those of you that, that don't really know what that means or might not be that familiar with how we speak in Turks and Caicos, that means who are your people? And I must say, though, that I am my father's, uh, my father's daughter. Um, I am bold and, and I, I really do enjoy speaking with people. Um, for those of you that don't know, I am trained as a lawyer. I was called to the Bar of England and Wales, but I now work in investment management. Um, and just for a disclaimer... Um, all views discussed um, and expressed here are my own and do not constitute legal advice or investment advice. So Bar Council, FCA, there you go. You can't lock me up for that. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in law and political science from Queen Mary University of London, as well as a master's degree in international trade and commercial law. I do not belong to any political party. No one is paying me to say what I'm saying and no strings are being pulled to get me to speak. I've always been passionate about country. I've always been passionate about my country. 
My teachers can attest to that. My parents can attest to that. My brothers can attest to that. My friends, oh, my friends can also attest to that. And those of you, my Facebook friends um, and my Instagram friends, all my friends on social media can also attest to that. I must mention um, in high school that we had to do this English language coursework and we had to do some creative writing or something, write about something that we were passionate about. And of course, um, for my coursework that was handed in um, as part of my examinations, I wrote on Turks and Caicos Islands <laughs> and its future. And this was 10 years ago. Um, shout out to the class of 2010 that are listening to this or watching this via Facebook. I'm always um, in some way or another talking about Turks and Caicos Islands, the people, the culture, the potential um, of the country on social media and anywhere else. Um, anyone that I've met, I think, left with at least an airful about Turks and Caicos, uh, whether they wanted to hear it or not. I am passionate about people and country and our future. And this is something that I will continuously refer to um, throughout this show um, and throughout other episodes. Um, and I believe that the strength of a country comes only from its people. And the future of our beautiful Turks and Caicos Islands depends on us cultivating a passion for our islands and the legacies we want to leave behind. So this show, uh, this show is not about me though. Um, it is about our Turks and Caicos Islands, our TCI, and the everyday issues that affect us today and tomorrow. The main aim of this show is to get all of us to consider the bigger picture and consider things such, le such as legacy building um, and the need for us to cultivate the activists within each of us and the power of collectively building uh, something together. My hope for the show is that it will help to spark meaningful conversations about country and future across the length and breadth of the Turks and Caicos Islands and address the conversations that we do not have on a national level and spark those conversations between you and me. We have so much to talk about. I hope to have millennials, experts, people of the soil come on and share their views and thoughts with you. I want to get many of you involved in the conversations as this progresses over time. So this show is for you. Um, this show is for you who might feel as though politics is outdated and it's not for you or doesn't concern you or isn't something you will worry about until you're much older or settle down or that things will never change so there's no need to get involved in your community. I know that there are many of you that feel this way, but politics does affect everything in our society. It does affect uh, the decisions made today do affect today, yes, but also tomorrow and our children's tomorrow. So, you know, the decisions made by those we vote in today affect us 5, 10, 15, 25, 30 to 50 and, and, and beyond. Today, uh, 30 years and, and beyond that, 50 years, 30, 50 years, 100 years, um, however far you want to go, those decisions have an impact. Today, I am talking about revolution, and I've seen a lot of people over the years on various forums saying, you know, oh man, we need a revolution. We need a revolution. And then that's that. But I want to bring um, meaningful conversations to the forefront and get you involved. So no, 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 no one is sitting down and writing our history. We have to shape it. Whenever I hear the term revolution mentioned in conversation or you know, on social media, I don't take those kinds of comments lightly because the fact that it's being mentioned demonstrates that there is some frustration with the current state of affairs. And I must mention, though, that I am so glad to see the recent interest in the House of Assembly debates 
um, around the budget being passed uh, to make sure that the people can get some relief um, during this pandemic from the government. And I do hope that this interest um, continues to grow because it's very important that we know what's going on in our country and that we hold the people that are making these decisions um, accountable. About a year ago, I visited South Africa and my life has never been the same. I visited Mandela's home and prison cell and I learned so much during that trip about South Africa, um, where it was and where it is now and how much further it has to go. Turks and Caicos Islands, we are a young nation without the struggles of the apartheid in our, year, in our rear view. We don't need to wait until we get to some hardship to start thinking like revolutionaries. More often than not, it is the youths that bring about immense change, people under 35, and also those of you that are young at heart and in spirit. If you have thought recently that things need to change or get better, I want you to know that you can be a part of that change. Revolution doesn't need to start with a political party. Revolution must first start in the minds of the individual, and he or she must collectively then come together with other like-minded people. I want to challenge you to think of what you want Turks and Caicos Islands to look like 10 to 20 years from now, and think of the role that you can play in achieving that. Opportunity is yet to be birthed within different industries and different parts of society in Turks and Caicos. And diversification, oh, diversification, if I see it one more time. <laughs> but I mean, the fact that it's being mentioned, though, is testament to the fact that it is something that we need to consider, we must consider. Turks and Caicos is a country where um, tourism is the main industry. And we must really consider the need to diversify our industry and sources of income because you know this pandemic has exposed how vulnerable um, our our economy is um, to things like this happening. So diversification is top of the list. Um, and that's another topic for another episode. And I want to give that kind of uh, topic, um, the, you know, the, the level of research um, and discussion that it deserves. So that's another topic for another day. But we are a very young country and we do lack some infrastructure. But the potential for things to get better, once we start to put things in place, is immense. And the impact and effect of that, the positive impact of that, and the benefits to society as a whole, to the environment, to the impoverished, to the dreamers, and those of you who don't yet know that you have dreams within you, those, you know, the opportunities are immense and they're vast. Honestly, they're boundless. But I must mention here, though, that we, we cannot wait for someone to bring the revolution to us because we are the revolution. And, you know, just to touch on you know, revolution, what it means and just to bring you some examples to help bring it to life for you. The word revolution comes from the Greek, uh, sorry, the Latin word revolutio, which means a turnaround. And the definition of that is a fundamental and sudden change in political power and political organization, which occurs when the population revolts against the government, typically due to incompetence or oppression, or oppression uh, political, social, or economic. So Aristotle, the, the philosopher, um, he described two types of political revolution. Uh, one of them was a complete change from one constitution to another, and the other is a modification of an existing constitution. 
Revolutions have happened in many places throughout history, achieving major changes in culture, economy, socio-political institutions, amongst other things. Revolutions can be sudden or they can be gradual. There are some negative connotations, though, attached with the word uh, revolution, words like overthrow, take over, etc. But what I want you to remember and think about today and have in the center of your thoughts as you listen to this podcast is that revolutions signal a change, a paradigm shift from one normal to a new normal. Some of you will be familiar with the American Revolution, the French Revolution, or even the Cuban Revolution, uh, and also the Marxist Revolution. Uh, one of the first ones, uh, the Marxist Revolution was one of the first uh, ones that I learned about at university. And whilst I'm not a communist, uh, I do believe there is something to be said for Marxist, Mar- Marxist belief that the impoverished and downtrodden of, of the downtrodden of their society would one day grow wary of being taken advantage of. While I don't agree with a lot of Marxist theory, and I'm not here to discuss that in great detail today, um, I think it is worth mentioning, though. Are you familiar with the Revolution of Haiti? I know that some of you will be. But for those of you that don't know, the Haitian Revolution was a successful anti-slavery war which took place in the French colony of Saint-Domingue, which is today called Haiti. The revolution lasted for over 12 years, and it began on, on August 21st, 1791 and ended on January 1st, 1804. And it cost hundreds of thousands of people's uh, lives. The Haitian rebels were fighting against the institution of slavery uh, and their victory changed the global science of, on slavery. And I must mention here, though, that many people in the Caribbean might not be aware of this, but I don't think for a second that... Um, the slaves in the Caribbean region would have been freed um, as soon as they were, had it not been for the Haitian Revolution in 1804, 30 years before uh, slavery was abolished in, in many of the British colonies. But nonetheless, I think we owe a huge amount of respect to Haiti um, and, and you know what they were able to achieve um, and many, many subsequent slave revolts all over the Americas. Um, and the 20th century civil rights movements were inspired by the success of the Haitian Revolution. So this is something that we must, you know, we must think about. And I, I didn't really learn about the Haitian Revolution until I was at university in London, of all places. Um, I grew up in the Caribbean, but it wasn't until I was living in the UK um, that I learned about the Haitian Revolution. Another uh, revolution that I'd like to mention to you is the New Drill Movement of 1973. This was led by a young lawyer called Maurice Bishop. Now, Maurice Bishop had some left-wing beliefs, but at the heart of it all, he wanted Grenada to empower its people. Uh, Maurice Bishop was um, executed in 1983, but he was a he was a Grenadian revolutionary and the leader of the New Deal movement. And this movement was popular because it it wanted to tackle things such as socioeconomic development, education, and black liberation. Um, and, and this group, uh, the group that was led by Maurice Bishop, um, came to power during the 13th of March, 1979 coup against um, Eric Gehry, who was the then leader of Grenada. Um, and I mention this because uh, the New Deal movement signified um, some discontent that was going on in the Caribbean and in, in a lot of the ex-colonies. 
uh, the ex-British colonies. And what I think people tend to focus on, maybe some of the violent things that happened uh, during the New, Jew, the New Jew movement. But I'd like to mention that one of the key things that the proponents of the New Jew movement were hoping to achieve was they wanted, they wanted to improve the education system and eradicate illiteracy in Grenada. They wanted to improve and transform the educational system um, that they had inherited from colonialism and uh, they wanted to make it more relevant to their population, and they wanted uh, they wanted to put their they wanted the education system to be one that would equip their students and their people to to start to come up with solutions uh, for their country instead of looking for uh, instead of being brainwashed to look for solutions to come from Europe and and America. And so this this is very important. I mean, I think a lot of other revolutions within the Caribbean and some other countries gained their independence following, you know, some of the some of the some of the things that were going on around this around this period. Um, and I must mention as a fun fact, um, and some of you will be familiar with this phrase uh, because the People's Democratic Movement in Turks and Caicos uses this phrase: um, "Forward ever, backward never." which in French, I'm about to butcher French and forgive me, don't crucify me for messing this up because I don't really speak French, but en avant jambes, en arrière jamais. Um, for whatever, back with never, is actually a saying that was very popular during the New Jewel movement. Um, some of you might have heard this as a PDM slogan that they uh, say during rallies. Um, and so this, you know, this was very, this was a, this was the main saying for the New Jewel movement that happened in Grenada in the 1970s, 1980s. Um, but this saying actually originated from a saying by Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, who was the first uh, prime minister and president of, Gren- of, of Ghana. Um, that's just a fun fact I wanted to throw in there. Another revolution I think is worth mentioning here just to give you a different uh, taste for the different forms of revolutions is the Industrial Revolution. Now, this was a global movement in the early 19th century that involved the, tra- the transition to mechanization. Um, at the time, we were doing people were doing a lot of things via hand. So uh, you know, the means of production was was literally by men. Um, and we did everything by hand at the time. And the Industrial Revolution um, traced its origin to Great Britain. And the it was characterized by the increased use of steam power and the development of heavy machinery and the rise of the factory system. So this is when we started to see machines being used uh, to drive production. Um, and, and I think that that's worth mentioning. But... I've said all that to say, though, that the kind of revolution that I want to talk to you about today and that I want you to focus on and I want you to reflect on is that we are talking about, you know, the revolution that starts in your heart, revolution um, that starts in your mind. We have to challenge the way we think before we can even begin to start to see the big change that we want to see in our society. And so Aristotle believed that when property and power are widely distributed amongst individuals of a given society, there will be no good reason to ignite revolution. Hmm, that's something to think about. Well, I'm not calling on anyone to overthrow the government or, you know, 
do anything absurd or break the law? Definitely not. For the avoidance of doubt, let me just put that out there. I am, however, hoping to highlight some of the immense changes that some countries went through in order to see a shift in their society and the fact and the sacrifices that some of them made. Now, there is a vast amount of writing about the French Revolution, the American Revolution, etc., but we won't be focusing on that today. Because I know that for a fact that many revolutions are started and few are brought to fruition. However, I want to encourage you, you know, to believe that nothing can stand in the way of thousands standing together to call for change. And that there is no injustice that we cannot solve together. Now, that brings me to a phrase that I often hear quoted and I often quoted myself. Be the change you want to see. Be the change you want to see in our world. You know, these were words that were spoken by Mahatma Gandhi. Um, I see it quoted, we quoted, I quoted, you quoted. But I ask you, are you really being the change you want to see? In 1930s, under the leadership of Mahatma Gandhi, you know, I must mention here that Gandhi is not, he's not perfect. Um, and I'm not here to discuss his shortcomings, but he led thousands of people who protested um, in the SALT march. Um, and this was a march that uh, was organized to protest against the oppressive taxes of government. Um, and this resulted in 60,000 people being in prison. But it also led to the independence of their nation. That was just an example of you know, how um, revolutions can uh, achieve certain things. Social movements, I must talk about social movements as well. A social movement is a loosely organized effort by a large group of people to achieve a particular goal, social or political. Social movements can bring about a social change. It is a group action and may involve individuals or organizations. These movements strategize to empower the oppressed populations, to mount effective challenges, and resist the more powerful and advantaged elites. Social change from the bottom within nations. So this is sometimes, you know, this is the form that some uh, that some social movements take, uh, just to mention that. And these social movements normally are trying to solve or tackle common problems in present day society. We are now living in an era like none other that we've lived in before. Technology is everywhere. And a word that can be used to describe that is ubiquitous. It is part and parcel of so many of our everyday lives and things that we do. By just listening or watching this, we are using technology to connect with each other across borders and time zones. Now, social revolutions, um, you know, they do happen outside of the political sphere. So it's not always just political. And so I'm not saying to overthrow the government. No, sir. I am trying to encourage you to you know, have a revolutionary way of thinking, firstly, and then also consider maybe some democratic means of, of bringing out change, about change, if that's what you want to do in your country, in our country. Social revolutions can be global or in one country. And I've given you various examples um, earlier in this conversation. We are living within an era of unprecedented innovation. And technology's limits are yet to be tested. Do you know how powerful it would be if we used, 
you know, these forums to connect with one another and have meaningful discussions and agree to disagree and think and share our thoughts unashamedly. There is a place for entertainment and laughter and laughter is definitely good for the soul. But are we really using the means that we have to build a better TCI? Are we using the means that we have to build a better TCI? Now, I love drama as just as much as the other person as long as I'm not involved in it. <laughs> um, but I think that we do need to you know, step to the front of the line and have some of these conversations. Now, there is one definition of prosperity that I refer to um, and that I will use and mention here and probably use throughout the, you know, throughout the show and refer to from time to time um, in, in episodes to come. Um, it is the process by which more and more people in a region improve their economic, social and political well-being. I mention that because um, I think it's something that we need to talk about as well um, when talking about revolution, because it's often um, it's often the case that revolutions happen when the people feel that they are that there's some gross inequality, whether it's economic or social or political um, and politically driven or what have you. But I believe that when the fallout from this coronavirus is really out in the light, we must be, we have to be ready to move this country forward and start to think about what are the things we want to see enacted? What are the things we want to change? How can we be involved? What measures of success we want to see? What, you know, how are we going to measure the change between now and 20 years from now? And, and start to think of those things as well, because you must have some measurable aims if you want to start to think um, in a revolutionary way, what exactly would you like to achieve? What exactly would you like to see happen? Now, I talked about revolution, but I cannot talk about it without mentioning our national hero, the Honorable James Alexander George Smith McCartney. We know him and refer to him as Jags. Now, I asked a few local experts to share their opinion on our hero, and um, he's described as a man with a committed will to do better for his people. He is considered to be a revolutionary of his time, um, and at the age of 31, he was elected, in, he was elected into government uh, in 1976, and when JAGS went into, in, into office, um, youth employment um, and less reliance on foreign workers and more power in 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 the local government's hands or were some of the things he campaigned on and, and he wanted to see. He was our first ever chief minister and he was elected in 1976. He died in a plane crash in 1980. Now, I'm just going to pause there and reiterate what the three things were that were the top of his list. Jags wanted to solve youth employment he wanted there to be less reliance on foreign workers, foreign workers in Turks and Caicos, and more power to be in the local government's hands. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? That sounds familiar to me. The it's it's when I think about it, some of the issues that Jags had in nineteen seventy six are some of the same issues that we are dealing with today. Now Jags was a dreamer, 
He was a dreamer. He was a person with a with a drive to fight for the freedom of independence. And he moved back to Turks and Caicos with that drive and opened up his club, Junk the Junkanoo Club. And this this club helped um, the young men in in our community at the time to come together, um, and helped them to come together and share their ideas and start a dream of uh, of a Turks and Caicos, a new Turks and Caicos. And he was he was down to earth. He was friendly and he was determined to succeed. And at the time, if there was anything that needed to be done or anything that anyone wanted to be done or needed, he was that front person. And his dreams were fighting for the prosperity of his people. And he also wanted to see an independent Turks and Caicos. Now, I'm not here to talk about independence because um, that's another topic for another day as well. And I don't want to open that can of worms just now. But the Junkanoo Club, um, he started um, after being involved in the independence movement in the Bahamas in the 1970s, where he probably had rubbed shoulders at some point or another with the late Sir Lyndon Pinling, the founding father of the Bahamas, the independent Bahamas. But um, I must mention, though, that um, Jags, one thing that Jags probably realized is that there is no one person who can solve a problem and that people have a role to play. And so he um, he wanted to use politics to help to develop Turks and Caicos. Now, politics comes from the Greek word politika, which means affairs of cities. Politics is the set of activities that are associated with the governance of a country, state or area. It involves decision making that applies to groups of members and governing or having some kind of con- organized control over a human community. The academic study of politics is political science. And many people view formal politics as something outside of themselves, but that can still affect their daily lives. Um, I must mention, though, that that um, Honorable Norman Sanders um and Jags were not enemies like some people would think, and I do, and I and but they were cordial, and I I do hope to have someone um come on the show at some point and shed some light on Jags, um someone that can talk to who he was and what he stood for, uh to a greater degree, and I would love to have someone um come and 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 just share with with you and with me. Um, uh, but. This, this is where I, um, I want to talk about activism um, and the role it plays in, in society. Now, activism is defined as efforts to promote social, economic, environmental, or political reform with a desire to see those changes made in society. And activists can function in a number of roles, including judicial, environmental, internet, or you know, design, also by, by using art. Um, and... I want to just mention, though, that you can be an activist in your own right. You can be an activist um, and you don't have to be the smartest person. You don't have to have a political science degree. You don't have to be the richest. You also do not have to be the loudest. You can be an activist by simply sharing your opinion on you know, social media or prompting your group of friends in your WhatsApp group chat to you know, talk about what's going on. In, in your community or in you know what's going on in in your country as a whole and we all have a role to play in 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 Turks and Caicos we all have a role to play in becoming activists and actively advocating for the social ills um that we want to see solved and changed in in, in our country 
we are, and I, and I want to encourage you today to think: How can you contribute to Turks and Caicos? How what what can you do? What can you do right now, wherever you are? What can you do to contribute to Turks and Caicos? What can you do to to help to 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 shift this country from where it is? What is it that you want to see happen in the next ten to twenty years? And and what how are we going to go about ensuring that we leave this country better off when we have children and they have children? How are we ensuring that we are you know make, lifting the country up out of where it is and progressing to where we need to be? How do we ensure that we are not um, being lazy or laid back in? In, in doing what needs to be done. We cannot sit idly by and complain about what uh, is is being done by whomever is doing it or whoever is in power all the time. I mean, you can complain that is your right, and I'm not disputing that. But I want to encourage you to start to think about how you can have conversations um, wherever you are, in whatever capacity, about our nation and our nation's business. Because our nation's business business is your business and our children's business. We have to think about our legacy and what we're leaving behind. We cannot think selfishly. We have to think, you know, what can we solve as a group as well? If you have $50,000 and I have $50,000, tell me why I'm down the road, you down the road, we cannot come together to put our money together and then turn around and get $200,000, you know, loan from the bank and, and start a business together. We need to start thinking more collectively. We need to start thinking for the benefit of society as a whole, because it's when we do that, that we then have a massive impact on generations to come. We cannot sit idly by and think that things are going to get better by just wishing that things get better. We have to get involved in some way or another. And that doesn't mean that you need to go and get a poster and tell everyone, this is my great, brilliant idea. And, you know, this is what I want to do. And no one expects you to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And sometimes I'm going to be wrong. Sometimes you are going to be wrong. And that is okay. But what really matters is that we want, you know, that you, that you start to think and you start to challenge your mind, you know, and you start to question what is it that you want for Turks and Caicos, not just for yourself, but what is it that you want for Turks and Caicos? And how can you start to think of that on a daily basis? How can you start to revolutionize your thinking? What is it that you're doing now that, you know, you're doing sort of as a routine and you're not even questioning it? And how can you change that? What changes can you make in your life to, 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 to take, to help to change your country? Now, I know that Turks and Caicos has progress, and I won't say that it hasn't. And to say that, it, you know, when we haven't done anything would be an insult to those who have done hard work to help us to, 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 be, to come where we are today. I am testament to that progress. I was one of the top scholars back in 2010, and I was awarded a scholarship. And that is, you know, exemplary of, of how, that's an example, really, of how, um, uh, the country has progressed because in 1976, we probably didn't have the means to, to send people off to the university. And, you know, thanks to the, the investment of my country in me, I was able to go to one of the best universities in the UK and my parents didn't have to worry about, you know, helping to fund that. 
Um, well, that was for one of my degrees, but less than that, it's not about me. Uh, but, you know, I'm just, I am, I'm standing on the shoulders of people who've gone before me. You are standing on the shoulders of people who have gone before you. We owe it to them. We owe it to our ancestors who gave up their lives, who fought for freedom, who would be killed for having ideas. We, you know, and, and, it's it's amazing actually the power of ideas and and what those ideas can do and I just want to share a little bit with you about um, South Africa again uh, so those of you um, who are familiar with the apartheid and I will mention what it is for those of you that might not be um, it was a system of institutional racism that existed in South Africa from 1948 to 1994 and apartheid means separateness in the Afrikaans language. But did you know that during the apartheid, black South Africans had to carry passbooks everywhere with them in their own country to show where they had a right to live, work, and their racial profile? And if they were caught without their book or in an unauthorized area, they would be arrested and the police could stop and harass black people at any time. Um, and, you know, in in that time, it must have been really difficult for people like Nelson Mandela and, you know, the, the people who um, were were with him in this in this struggle to maintain um to maintain the belief that one day things would get better and it must have been incredibly difficult and 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 I am moved by some words that I read in um his book A Long Walk to Freedom and and I I will share those words with you he said um, my country is rich in the minerals and the gems that lay that lie beneath its soil, but I've always known that its greatest wealth is its people, finer and truer, truer than the purest diamonds. Its greatest wealth is its people. Do you know, Turks and Caicos, that you are the greatest asset, the most valuable resource of, of, of our nation? It's not the beaches and it's not the 100 or 200 million dollar budget that we try and run the country on, but it is you. You are your country's greatest asset. Yes, you. And it is it is from these comrades and um, and this is this is also what, what Nelson Mandela had written it is from these Conrads, in the struggle that I learned the meaning of courage time and time again, I've seen men and women risk their lives for an idea. I have seen resilience that defies imagination. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. I never lost hope that this great transformation would occur, not only because of the great heroes I have cited, but because of the courage of the ordinary men and women of my country. Deep in the hearts of every human heart is mercy and generosity. I just want to reflect on what he said here. Not only because of the great heroes I have cited, but because of the courage of the ordinary men and women of my country. It is the courage of ordinary women and men like you and me that will shift Turks and Caicos. But we must, we must, we must start to think strategically. We must start to think um, in, in, a, in a different way to how we have been thinking for years. We must become free thinkers. We must challenge the established order of things. We must challenge the information that we're presented with. We must challenge ourselves. Because like I said, the revolution starts in the mind. Um, and I'm, I will mention here uh, uh, as well, Lee Kuan Yew, um, and he he was the first prime minister of Singapore. For those of you that are not familiar with who he was, who he is, 
or was because he's, he's passed away now but he envisioned a state that would not simply survive but prevail by excelling and they believed that superior intelligence discipline and ingenuity would substitute for resources now singapore um for those of you that don't know is a country that started off in was very poor um when they when they when they gained their independence and um, they had many struggles to face. And quite often people do uh, tend to quote them as this example to follow for small nations. And then while I do think there is something to learn from them and each country's success will be different. And so we should probably take the best things and learn from the mistakes of all these other nations. Um, I, I am moved by Lee Kuan Yew and um, the fact that he believed that um, the revolution of 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 a people um is is really important and and every great achievement is a dream before it becomes reality and that that's a direct quote that i got from uh, his book from third world to first world um and and not to dwell on that for too long because i will be talking about other countries um and 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 their and the changes that they went through um, in other episodes and, and how and what we can learn from those countries um, as time progresses. Uh, but I thought it was worth mentioning there just because, you know, when we're, t- when we're thinking about uh, revolutions, we have to think about the different, um, the different themes that some countries had to face and tackle and 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 the individuals and how it started and the movements and how those grew over time um but then you know and bring it all back bring it all back to what 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 is what is it that they were trying to achieve and then you know Turks and Caicos just to bring it back to us what is it that we want to achieve what is it that we want to see um and I won't I won't take your time uh for too long because I really do value your time and I know that time um, you know, time time is not something that is infinite. So um, I, I just want to leave you with uh, a few closing words. I encourage you to become activists in your own right. Um, and, and know that real long lasting change often comes from the bottom up. And we must um, we must reject the established order of things. And we must first start to do that in our minds. We have to start to change the way we think. We must become free thinkers. We must, um, we must, you know, challenge ourselves, challenge ourselves to think of our country and where we want it to go and see how we can be a part of that. Because we all have a role to play. You have a role to play. I have a role to play. And we, you know, we must come together as well. And so I'm hoping that this show will be, um, used as a force to bring people together and bring um, issues to the forefront um, and have meaningful discussions, meaningful and thoughtful discussions. I want to leave you with a couple of questions and I want you to think about it and reflect on it over the week um, ahead. Can you imagine a Turks and Caicos where we actually support each other and not just tear each other down? A TCI where we're excited to see our brother or sister grow and progress. Where we celebrate each other's milestones. Where we share ideas openly and freely without fear or favor. 
where we don't see visionaries as the enemy, but embrace them. Where it is easier to get a business loan than a leisure loan. Where our citizens are actually able to save money from their paycheck because the cost of living is not excessively high. Where children dream dreams and live to see them come to pass. Where young men live to see their children grow up. Where crime is something to which we do not become desensitized. Where young entrepreneurs thrive and pass on those seeds to others who want to one day own a business big or small. I dream of a Turks and Caicos like this. My closing question to you is, what do you want for our country, Turks and Caicos? Will you be a part of the revolution? I end today's show by saying thank you, thank you, thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. Please feel free to share your feedback and topics that you'd like to see discussed in the future. But in the meantime, God bless you and God bless the Turks and Caicos Islands. Thank you.